Hello there, ghosts and ghoulies. I'm here to talk to you about one of our lovely sponsors on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, Revenge Lover. Stand out from the crowd. For samples and inquiries, please visit revengelover.com. Mention you heard it on the 4i Radio Network to receive 10% off your order. <laughs> now enjoy the rest of the program. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Another Bee Horrorcast. I am Steve-O. And I'm Anna because I can't think of another name. Yeah. Sorry. Anna Paquin would have been acceptable. Um, well, stop it. <laughs> um, you can listen to us on 4iRadio.com, Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher, Zoom, Marketplace, Blackberry Podcast, Blueberry Podcast, Mirror Guide, Double Twist, YouTube, Swell Radio, Player FM, Google Play Music, Google Play Podcast App, Spotify, and Podchaser. Also, if you want to help out... Us on the show, you go to Amazon.com, but you don't go to Amazon. You go to the 4iRadio.com. Click on that Amazon banner, shop like you normally do. We'll get a little taste of you do. And if you're trying to find us or uh, tell other people about us, you can go to Facebook.com backslash not another, not another B Horrorcast. You can also go to our Instagram and Twitter at B Horrorcast. And also, if you want to drop us a line telling us that everything you do is wrong, everything is terrible, we hate you. Uh, you can actually put all those letters in the trash. But if you do want to contact us and tell us about stories that have happened to you, spooky or UFO sightings or any of that kind of weird, creepy stuff that we're into, such as I finally saw a Bigfoot, or maybe you are Bigfoot and you just want to write in, that's fine too, I'll take that. Or Nessie, but I'm sure the keys are a little wet. Either way, you can write us <laughs> at uh, notanotherbhorrorcast at gmail.com. Now with all of our spiel out of the way... We are back with a brand new episode, and uh, this week we uh, reviewed the movie Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Uh, this was the movie that just came out on Netflix at the beginning of May, uh, but we'll uh, go ahead and dive into that towards the end of the podcast, and we'll give you, of course, uh, spoilers in case you decide you want to check it out and you haven't seen it yet, So, but before we get on to that, we got our horror movie news and maybe some weird, crazy news from that one website. I'll find out. We'll see how the show goes. If we're running out of material, then I'll dive into that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I guess <coughs> what we'll do is we'll do what we usually do. Also, uh, so this is not meant to be a snarky comment. This uh, is an honest question. When is the last time that we actually ran out of material on this show? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes it, it's it varies. If uh, yeah. people aren't, uh, if you're not stop feeling it, your podcast, you know, your time frame, because you're just like, uh, you know, you're trying to get through it, and yeah, da 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 da. It kind of just it just kind of drags, and you think it went by like for a while, and then you look at the recording, and you're like, huh, 25 minutes, yay! Get ready for mini episodes, yay, um, minisode, mini pods or whatever. Ooh, I like mini pod. I like mini pod. Pea pods. Oh, he's doing his podcast. Oh, I like that. Oh, you like that old lady? Check out <laughs> this, man. Oh, oh dear. dear. <laughs> um. But anyways, yes, yeah, so <coughs> before we actually dive into the horror aspect of this show, uh, we'll do a little bit of a catch-up in case uh, this is listeners' uh, first episode, or even if it's uh, returning listeners that are just like, yeah, what did you guys do? Um, so, <coughs> what's new with you? How was your week? I'm dying, mm. so that's awesome. Um, so, a opening for B Horrorcast co-host will be opening up as soon as uh, Anna dies. As soon as apparently. I finish dying over here, which may be sooner rather than later. Uh, might even be the, at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a fucking woman at the end. <laughs> like she's, she enjoyed it, but she's kind of happy. She's glad. She's relieved it's, it's like, over. Ha, got the vapors. Oh, that joke gave me the vapors. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, I had a pretty decent week other than dying. Um, went out for a friend's birthday party. Mm. Um, we went out to dinner and then we went to, uh, painting with a twist. So, um, actually the painting itself, mine wasn't 
it didn't quite turn out how I wanted it to, but it wasn't terrible. I rather like yours because it looks kind of cool. I know you don't like yours, but I think it looks cool. I think mine will look perfect once it's burning. No burning the paper. I can do it. Painting. I almost called it a paper. No and burning the page. paper. And then I was like, and no burning the page. I'm no, like, um, no, I figure we'll probably put start putting the artwork up um, in the kitchen finally. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, um, but other than that, oh, and I started school this week, which has been a bit stressful, but for the most part, oh, and uh, my sister got engaged, so congratulations to my sister. She yeah. doesn't listen to this. No, I know. No one listens to this. Well, Bones does. That's pretty much it. Well, she's probably a faceless, so she's no one. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't even, fuck, I don't even think of that. She's probably like, I don't watch Game of Thrones, I read it, blah. No, she doesn't read it because it's not completed yet, and she doesn't want George R. R. Martin That's to, right. to die before. That's right, we did this conversation. Yeah, she doesn't want George R. R. Martin to die before he finishes the series. So, so. well, I guess I'm not worried about material now, because I was actually just thinking about this cooking dinner. Um, so, yes, Game of Thrones, we're not going to spoil anything for people and stuff like that. Um, you're right. I totally forgot. Uh, Bones did tell me about that. And I was like, you know what? I can respect that because that's like a, it's it's almost kind of killing yourself when a lot of people like when I look at them going like, why, why aren't you watching this? They're like, dude, I'll just wait till it's over and then just binge watch the yeah. entire s- show. So and people did that. Like Patrick did that. And he got he blazed through all the seasons. And then he's like, how long? When, when's the next one? I'm like, oh, it's, it's like a year. And he's like, fuck, I got to wait a year. And I'm looking at him like. <laughs> Dude, we're waiting two. Like you just yeah, shut up. Yeah, um, yeah. That's you were right. Um, but it just I, that I was just thinking about this. Um, <clears throat> getting back to the, I was thinking about this. I was making dinner, and I, again, my brain just goes to weird places. And I was thinking about. It, I was like, wait, what happens if he does die? Then like we, he because they have how many books does he still have to write? He's still working on one, and this is the other I thing. Like can't remember if he's done with. See, I think he's still working like the last, on book six. Like the and last he's got seven books. The last one was what fire? The song of fire and ice. Uh, well, the the song of ice and fire is the name of the series. Oh, um, but yeah, the first book was Game of Thrones. Second book was uh, something else. Uh, Storm of Swords. I can't remember what the third one is. I think it, it's either A Feast of Crows or maybe that's the fourth one. Okay, so he, so he actually has a bunch of them done, uh, and then we're just basically waiting on the last two. Okay, but I was just curious about that. Like what? Like I was sitting there thinking about it. Go like I've been hearing him working on this book for I don't know how long it's been. Like uh, yeah, when when he when he started like oh I'm working on this or whatnot. So I don't know how many years have passed, but I'm like sitting there. I'm like, does anybody? Is it like finally like how big a news is that's going to be when they're finally like oh the the six books out I mean I get it for people who've actually read the books and the series is going to be over for you know people who just watch it on TV be like yeah we're good I'm satisfied but then other people be like oh my god you're not going to believe what happened in the book <clears throat> da 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 and stuff okay. but then I was like what happens if he dies like the only yeah. way the sh- the the series is finished is by HBO like they their series like that would be the only like true ending. Because we'll, we would never know what yeah. his ending was going to be kind of thing. So I'm like, I'm just like, and I swear to God, if he fucking dies tomorrow, I'm going to be so pissed because I'm like, I was just talking about this and I like, I don't want to fuck over a bunch of people. You know, this just kind of pisses me off reading <clears throat> this. Okay. So first book was Game of Thrones. It came out in 1996, right? Okay. 96. Second book is Clash of Kings, 1998. So okay. two years. Two years. Uh, Storm of Swords came out in 2000, so another two years. Okay. A Feast for Crows was the fourth one. It came out in 2005, so it took him five years to okay, write Okay, five that years. One. A Dance with Dragons is book five, and that came out in 2011. So okay, six so years. Okay, so that was six years. Six years, and now he's still writing book six, which is Winds of Winter. And then after that, he has another one that's called The Dream of Stri- Spring that he hasn't even started yet. So it's taken him seven, no, uh, 2011 to he, 2019. Is that seven years? So No, that's eight years. So it's taken he, him eight years to write one book. Eight okay, so this years. is the other thing. Say he finishes this next book. He still has one more to write, and we're thinking, going, you don't have a lot of time, buddy. I know. Like, you could die of a heart attack at any second, because you can tell he does not again, live healthy. Again, if he dies tomorrow, my apologies <laughs> to everyone who reads the Game of Thrones books. Because that's that's I guessing on me. Yeah, I 
That that means I have read the most recent book because I thought that book six had come out and I hadn't read it yet. But I have read the most recent book. And I'm still fucking waiting. So, God damn it, George R. R. Martin, get off your lazy fat massive ass and finish the sixth freaking book so we can get on with our lives jeez that, that is nuts i can't wait till i do something like that where i'm just all like you write something successful and then you 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 keep up on it They're like okay two years that makes sense yeah, he's writing years, all that. Okay, years, and all then right. it's like and then three the next years, one okay. and then you do the next one it was like it's five years but oh, the yeah. book comes out and, and you're like oh okay I, I see why it took so long oh my god like really Okay, and then like it's all like then okay, the next uh, one is six years. Six years, and like, then you're like, okay, uh, yeah, that okay. makes sense. Okay, cool. But now you're just like eight fucking years, and you still haven't finished the piece of shit. Like, come on, <laughs> like how big is this book gonna be? I'm kind of curious if he just has writer's block. I have a feeling they're done. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just sick of it. I think they're done. Like he's already finished both of them. He's just sitting on them. No, no he's just sitting on them. Because hear me out. He probably told them. It's going to take me this amount of time to write these books. So they're going to pay him for all those years. Obviously, because his books have been successful. The series is successful, all this kind of stuff. So hear me out. So he puts the – he keeps raising the extension, but then he's just taking fucking, like, fucking vacation. Like, the books are done. Like, he's just, like, whatever. And then for his last song, like, his – and then he has this. He probably has this in his will. He's like, look, if I die before my quote-unquote contract is done – then release the books. Like, just <laughs> go ahead and put them out. You know, what blah, 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 some of that. I have a feel, like, I would say the books are probably already done, and he's just like, hey, you know what? You got, you you did it, and it's be working beautifully for you, so kudos to you. If that is the case, I, that's what I believe right now. I believe he's just like, these are done. I'm just living my life, because, like, I don't have much time left. He's like, these books were done, like, years ago. Like, that would really piss me off. That'd be funny. Especially because it's like, like, honestly... Like, once Game of Thrones, like, the show Game of Thrones is done, I'm pretty sure no one's going to care about, no one's going to care about the fucking books anymore. They're going to be like, all right, we saw, like, the film adaptation, which actually had an ending, and now we don't really care how the books end. I know, that's kind of, that's what what I'm interested about, though, because, like, a lot of people who just read the um, books, or, I mean, the people who just watch the shows, like, we're getting a conclusion. Like, we're like, okay, it's going to wrap up, this is what it's going to be, and that's what we're going to take. And then you have, yeah, if these books come out, like, it's going to be interesting because what if they're ending, which I don't have no idea, because in a book you can do, you know, a bunch of different stuff more than whatever production you have. But, like, what if the ending to the books is like, wow, the TV show is a lot better because you never hear that. Like, like, yeah. like the movie be like, oh, the, 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 the ending of the movie, the, yeah, the, yeah the, the, the ending of the book is a lot better. But now you're like, this is the first, that'd be like if Tolkien wrote like the first Lord of the Rings that was still alive like this like these were just like when the Peter Jackson stuff came out so everything was like really fresh like people read that first book they're like holy shit this is amazing and stuff like that and then like the first the next movie comes out and he's all like are you done with the next book and they're like no we're just gonna go our own way and they did what they did where they filmed them back to back to back so say like the story we got that was like all we knew was about what the first one actually was is like really based on that first book, but then the next two is exactly what we got, but it's nothing that he wrote, and but it finished before his books, like kind of thing. And then you go back and then you read it, and what like it could be either way, like oh the movie sucked, you yeah. know, compared to this book, like oh my god, this they should just let him finish, you know, or something like that, or it could be like wow the movie was ten times better, like he was just like eagles just kept coming in out of nowhere, like he wrote himself into a corner, <laughs> he was just like eagles, you know. <laughs> I have a feeling that. <laughs> George R. R. Martin probably has writer's block and wrote himself into a corner and doesn't know how to get out of it. And so I'm curious if he's either waiting oh, he's to waiting see for the series to end and he yeah. goes, all right. All right, this is how I'm how it's ending. All right, I'm going to just kind of... Because I know, like, they he gave them the... Uh, like the outline. The outline for book six, for season six, and then for season seven they just are doing their own thing. So... But yeah, I'm really curious. I've, I'm just, I'm like at this point, I almost don't care anymore because it's like, dude, you've been writing the books since 1996. You should be done by now. It shouldn't take you 23 fucking years to write books. Well, that's what I'm curious about too because it's like uh, Harry Potter came out within that same time frame, probably even, know, even later than than he did. And, and she honestly, not yeah. only did she no, not only did she knock out the books, like she got those done, but she was able to make all the movies plus. Two new movies, yeah, to go along like with new things that she's doing in or whatnot. Same universe, yeah, yeah, in the same universe. But like, she's done all that within the in this time frame that you're still working on that fucking book, yeah. and your series isn't even over, like kind of thing. That's nuts. 
But yeah, not, um, well, I'm going to bash on Harry Potter for a minute. No, you can do what you want. I wasn't, I um, won't bash on Harry Potter, but I was just like thinking about just No, because like, oh, you wow. mentioned earlier about like whenever people are like, oh, the movie's better or oh, the book is better. Like the, mm-hmm. the majority of the time people like the book better, but yeah, I yeah. Ca- honestly cannot even tell you how books haven't ended for Harry Potter. And they were just I, pointing at each other. And uh, Harry obviously had the better PowerPoint presentation, so that's why he won the company, right? Isn't that how it ended? No, that's the that's the the uh, movie. But and I'm pretty sure that the movie and the book are pretty much the really. Similar. We're gonna gloss over that amazing joke of mine. That was fantastic. <laughs> like just Harry like having a board meeting with like Dumble. Oh yeah, <laughs> you win the company, Harry, and everyone's like, I "Thought it was about wizards." <laughs> And that, well, okay, so, and yeah, that's another thing. It's like, I feel like book seven, maybe it's just something about book sevens. It's like book seven of Harry Potter sucked because it was just like him just wandering around constantly with Ron and Hermione and like trying to find the Horcruxes and it was like super boring and like sounded like super depressing and even like the movie uh, part two of the movie was like no, and I agree not with that. that. No, I agree with that. Like the first movie, it was a very anticlimactic the, ending. The first movie of that part one and two, you're like okay, but it it felt like they should have split it up a little bit better than what how they did because it it the first movie I get it. You wanted to end it on that cliffhanger, that thing like oh like oh my god, like yeah. holy crap. And then you have that next one, but the next one is like super quick, but then it just seems like it's all just fighting. But you're like, it seems like two very different movies because they really didn't have that much fighting in the first one, you know, yeah, kind and of like thing. Looking and then, for the fucking horcruxes was just so. And dumb. you're like, okay. And then all of a sudden, then they're just in this huge fucking wizard battle and everything. Like, oh, yeah, that person's dead. That person's dead. Nowhere. And you're like, oh, fuck me, like kind of shit. Yeah. Um, honestly, let's put it this way: Avengers did a way better job if there's first part and second part because. Yeah. Or even There's if you would just want part. to talk about... Okay, so quick Game of Thrones spoilers. Oh, spoilers, spoilers, I, no, spoilers I, for Game of Thrones. This is on you. Skip over for a minute. Um, the scene, the fight in Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever people were dying and all that... Like, whenever it showed, like, people's deaths and stuff, like, they did a really good job of it. And, like, you were, like, upset whenever people died. Even yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Captain Friendzone. Um Captain Friendzone, he's a zero. Which is funny because even if you, you don't know the name of the character, everybody knows who you're talking about yeah. whenever you say that. Um, but yeah, it's like, but Game of Thrones did it better. Lord of the Rings did it better. Uh, uh, the one you just Endgame. mentioned, Endgame. Thank you, Avengers Endgame did it way better. Like, and then it just hers is just like, oh, everyone's dead. That's cool. And uh, Harry Potter now has anal beads. That's great. Oh, he just threw it away. Awesome. All right, the end. Goodbye. You know Ron ran down there later and like pieced it together like, oh, Harry, Dumbledick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were gay lovers. Oh, I know they were. <laughs> Forget a kiss. I saw a real spell, Ron. I just like you sucking my dick. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll just be all like, go over to Gook, and you'll be like... <laughs> And then I'll be like, forget a kiss. And you'll be like, oh, what is, well, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I fucking know. Oh, every step of the way. why is there a dick in my mouth? Oh. <laughs> Anyways. Anyhoozle. I was worried not having material tonight. <clears throat> People are like, get to your fucking show. <laughs> Shut up already. But, uh, so this is interesting. This is like, uh, they actually have a countdown for it going on right now. Ooh. But, uh, It Chapter 2 trailer drops, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, Today. Today, uh, May uh, 9th. <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. We're going to get our first look at uh, Chapter 2, and it's, September, it's set for September 6th. Um, so, yeah, I think if you type that in right now, you could probably – well, it's probably up right now, so we'll go ahead and post that on the Facebook page. But, uh, yeah, I just saw there's like a counter for it right now, so it's like, ooh. And then I think even Bill Hader posted a picture. It's like him – looking out the window or whatnot, but behind him you can see the red balloon, like, in, in the building with him or whatnot. So it's like, ooh, kind of interesting what's going to happen. I just so. got chills. That excites. So um, this is also interesting. Speaking of uh, reboots and all this stuff that's coming, since we're getting the new Child's Play movie, uh, Jordan Peele is working on the Candyman reboot. Uh, it looks like we're <clears throat> going to get the, uh, the, dark, uh, the person who wrote The Dark Knight, David S. Goyer, uh, is... Uh, Basically, it looks like he's going to be a reimagining of Hellraiser. Huh. So we're going to get a brand new reboot, it looks like, of Hellraiser. Now, if you don't know who uh, David S. Gore, uh, Gore is, uh, 
Uh, he wrote Blade Two, Batman Begins, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, so he's done. He's done his fair share of some uh, superhero films. So it'll be interesting to see what his take in on horror is. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering with the new Hell uh, Hellraiser reboot, uh, do you think they go with um, very gratuitous violence, and if we're going to see a resurgence of that coming back in the uh, horror movies? Because we we went through that phase uh, a couple of years back when uh, Saw debuted, and they just started doing those gore fest kind of films. But yeah. to be fair. The Gorefest films, I think, were the new reimagining of slasher films because I remember when slasher films kind of came on the scene, they kind of died off, and then Scream was kind of the reboot to go, oh, yeah, let's revisit slashers. And then it became like the gratuitous horror, like gore and stuff of like that. And then they kind of went back to like, let's focus more on like like the actual, the actual scare story, yeah. and the story and maybe this. And that's why we got a lot of supernatural uh, movies now, like such as the Conjuring series and Annabelle and all that kind of stuff. So it's very interesting that we're kind of seeing a resurgent of these classic horror icons. Um, and we already heard that Robert England has already been like, yeah, you know what? After seeing Halloween and it looks like Child's Play is coming, you know, we're getting a new Candyman and stuff like that. It's like, I think I might want to play Freddy Krueger again. Let's let's get it like let's do this. Let's, I think we can do something really cool with stuff like this. So, and you know, they're already in talks with maybe doing reimagining of the you know uh jason friday the 13th franchise and stuff like that so there's there's so much possibility with uh them rebooting a lot of these old movie franchise but do you think with hellraiser because the original hellraiser was for the time pretty gory i mean when we when you rewatch it it's not really that gory but they have the part where it's like the guy's skin's falling off and it's like he's ripping like you know people you're looking at me like you don't remember this movie uh, no, that's, that's just my dead-eyed stare of my brain was rebooting. Um, no, I didn't really think that the movie was that gory, and I, but whenever I, re- like you said that David Goyer wrote B- Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, I just mm-hmm. had this random thought pop into my head of Pinhead is like his one weakness is anyone named Martha. <laughs> um. <laughs> Why do you keep putting that in every movie? Yeah. Look, they took it out of Batman Begins, Okay. And Blade (laughs) 2. I had to put it in there somewhere. I had to put it it. somewhere. It was in my contract. (laughs) It's in Blade (laughs) 2. It's this Blade finding a vampire, and he's like, Martha? I I knew your mother. Martha? Martha. Ah, And they're like, that. I don't know where they're having this epic battle, and you're just going to throw that in. Fine, fine, we'll remove it. And then they do the movie. They're like, he's yeah, like, Blade Man. 2. He's like, you know what your biggest mistake in the first Blade movie was? You should have named the Ryan Reynolds character Martha. Yeah. They're like, what? no. And then they get to uh, Batman Begins, and it's all like, look, the mom's name's Martha. He's like, no, 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 Bruce has to say Martha. He has to be like, Martha. No, 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 we're just, the mother's name is Martha. There you go. He's like, fuck you. I'll, I'll get my Martha in there. <laughs> Find a way to fit in Martha. Um, Fast forward to Batman v Superman. <laughs> Why would you say that name? Um, but anyways, so Pinhead, uh, See, this is tricky because I feel like that it's an interesting concept, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to... I don't really think you can do Pinhead without having some type of gore in it, but I'm kind of hoping more for a horror aspect or maybe even like a supernatural aspect instead of the gore aspect. I kind of want to have more of a supernatural aspect but also maybe (laughs) dive a little bit deeper into the character's, you know, actual backstory. Because if you actually look at the very first Hellraiser, Pinhead is barely fucking in it. I know. And then he's very prominent in the next one. It's like Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, like... Like, the first Friday the 13th, you never like, really see, you, yeah, wasn't you, there. You actually never see any of the actual killers. You see from the killer's point of view, but not, yeah. uh, like, really much of, like... Like, most of the time, it was just people walking into a room and the body's hanging. They're like, oh, my God. Like, really, the only death... One of the big deaths that you really see on screen is Kevin Bacon's, like, death because it's the arrow going through the thing. And it's, true, a really, yeah. and it's a really cool effect and stuff like that. But a lot of them were, like, you, you either saw, like, the girl in the shower and then she just gets, like, hit... And yeah. then you'll find you see her body later, you know, kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, it'll be it'd be interesting. I, I kind of hope they go more for like a story, and you could do some fucked up shit like with the technology we have. I mean, especially with the chain stuff that he does, like you could CGI the fuck out of that kind of stuff. So that'd be kind of interesting to see. But yeah, I, I'm kind of with you where I'm like, I'd rather have like a very like really kind of intricate, cool story because I mean, you got this fucking puzzle box. You could do so yeah. much shit with like this backstory. Where does it come to be? You know. 
all this kind of shit and stuff even like that. Even if you didn't <clears throat> even have like a uh, pinhead in it that much, you like you could just like focus on the story of like how the puzzle or like the the puzzle box fucks with the people that have it. Yeah. Like <clears throat> there's a bunch of different directions that you could go with it, but I'm like I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting. I I th- feel like I should probably rewatch the 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 Pinhead movies because I really, from what I can remember, I really wasn't that impressed with Hellraiser. So no, it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting looking back at it through a different prism. Yeah. Like so, when I remember first seeing those movies, I was young. I was a teenager. It was that time frame because they came out what nineteen eighty something like that. So it's in that time frame, early 90s, you know, uh, late 80s and stuff like that. And you're young and you see this shit and you're like, oh, my God, this is fucking horrifying. And then you go back and rewatch and be like, these are very dated. Uh, I mean, I still love most of these movies to death and stuff like that. But you just realize like, oh, wow. Yeah. Seeing it as an adult now, that's then that would kind of really click for me when it's all like, huh. That's probably why it was rated R, because not because of obviously the violence, nudity, and stuff like that, but also because I don't think my brain could develop like knew exactly what was happening in this movie. And then when you get older, you're like, oh yeah, I can follow this fucking storyline. Because before you're just kind of watching, going like, when's the horror gonna happen? Because that's all I used to do as a as a kid. You didn't really follow the story. It was just more like you hear the music intense and be like, oh, when's it gonna happen? I think the first time I watched it, like, was. Uh, probably around the time that you and I first started dating. So, like around the I believe of this Hellraiser podcast. is like one of our very early episodes. Yeah, so. it's like at the beginning of this podcast. But now, having seen like an excessive amount of B movies and like actually good horror movies, it's kind of it'll like I feel like it would be kind of interesting to like rewatch it yeah. with a little bit more of a well-rounded horror perspective. So I'm trying to remember. Did we review? Yeah, we did review that one. We might have to go through the trilogy though. Or not the trilogy. We might have to start watching all the other ones uh, before the next one comes out. Tremors? No. Well, <laughs> that one too. But um, but another movie. I don't have the. That's one of the stories down below. We'll get to that one. But uh, so you've seen at least one of these movies. I've not seen any of them. But if, yeah. I guess they're finally doing another sequel. I guess maybe the the third one to finally wrap up the story of the collector and the collection. It looks like they're finally getting a uh, the collector three. Okay. And the cat, yeah, someone just tweeted that out and they just said, lock the door. Um, so this is like a guy who would just break into people's houses, rig the, like, what was the point of the collector? Originally, I think it was based on a true, or like, inspired by true events kind of thing. Okay. Um, but I, I, I think I saw the second one, so I can't, I honestly can't tell you what it was about. It was so, it was so bad, it was not memorable. <laughs> Which I feel terrible for saying because I'm sure like somebody spent like a lot of time and effort on these movies, but I I honestly couldn't tell you anything much about this. All right, well let me look at some few th- frequent asked questions for the collector that came out in 2009. Okay, horror films you didn't realize they were based on true stories. Let's yes. see. Well, I'm trying to see if I can. Um, well, the problem is, is I'm looking at these and I want to click on stuff, but then it's also like you're going to get a bunch of other shit that I don't want to read about. I just want to read about the. Uh, <clears throat> oh, the like the plot, like the actual plot. So this article contains as mature. Okay, I don't really care. Okay, you better be prepared. Given everything you got, because if he catches you, he's gonna make you wish you were dead. You are here to kill me. Okay, the collector is a storyman man anthology of the two thousand nine. The collector two thousand twelve. Wow, they just took a while to get to their movies. And the collection. He's one of the most sadistic and brutal. Okay, personal trains and so on. Okay, don't care. History. Okay, the man who would become the collector was the son of a museum owner. Hey, what do you call them? Oh, uh, docent? No, not docent. Oh, this is like an entomologist. Entomologist? Yeah. Entomologist. Uh, one day the father went insane, possibly due to chemical exposure, though the exact cause of it is unknown, the kill, and killed his family, uh, stuffed them, and then placed them at the table on Thanksgiving and ate with them as though they were alive. Only his son survived, but the <laughs> experience warped his mind. Okay, so later on huh. in life, the collector would... Himself become a licensed <laughs> anthologist, uh, pursued uh, Ted, a, a legit man, a legitimate life, but underneath he was a uh, perverted murderer and kidnapping operation, in which, in which the man called the collector by the authorities and his victims would target whole families, kill all but one member who 
would have the misfortune of becoming part of his collection and would either be killed through gruesome experimentations after which his slasher body parts and bones would be reassembled to look like an insect or driven completely insane. The collector was kept at an abandoned hotel, which was rigged with traps to kill off any would-be escapees. Okay, so I was hoping I was going to mention if it was based on true events, but okay, so I guess that's the plot. So, because, yeah, so I guess the first one, it was supposed to be like this guy breaks into a house, but when he broke in, that guy was already in the house. Gotcha. And he was like, so he's like, he's like a thief, so he's like at the point where it's like, okay, well, I, it's either I leave and don't worry about this, or this guy didn't, or I try to save this family. And then I believe at the end of the movie, he gets taken back to the uh, museum. So the second one, I believe he escapes. From there, but there's another person who gets kidnapped, and they're like, "You have like the authorities are like, you have to take us back." And he's like, "I don't want to go back," like kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, I believe those were the two um, things, but I've never saw them. But after reading that, now that's actually kind of interesting to me about him stealing the like, t- you know, <laughs> taking the bones and creating like these insect, you know, yeah. things of that. So I'm like, that's kind of interesting. I, this might actually be due for a checkout. Maybe I'm I'm kind of curious. Okay, so. Uh, Okay, so the guy, there, it's actually based on a book mm. where uh, the guy writes a book about um, a man who kidnaps a young art student and keeps her in prison in the basement of his home. Um, all this came from a newspaper incident of some years ago. There's a similar case in the north of England last year, by the way, but the whole idea of the woman in the dungeon has interested me since I saw Bartok's Bluebeard's Castle, which was before the air raid shelter case. So the news story follows mention concerned a man who had kidnapped a girl and imprisoned her for several weeks in an air raid shelter at the bottom of his garden. Um, uh, and then the musical reference, Bluebeard's Castle, uh, told the story of Duke Bluebeard, who warns his new bride, Judith, not to open a- any of the seven doors in his castle. Impelled by curiosity, Judith opens each of the seven doors, finding behind the first torture chamber and behind the last the ghosts of Bluebeard's previous wives. Uh, the other inspiration of, uh, uh, he says, I think it must go back to early in my teens. I remember it used to be famous people, Princess Margaret, various film stars. Of course, there was sexual motive. The love through knowledge motive or motif has also been constant. The imprisoning, in other words, has been a forcing of my personality as well as my penis on the girl concern. Wow. Uh. Did you find, like, some weird fanfic or something? No. This is him. He is basically saying that he's fantasized about having a girl like imprisoning women in his dun- in like his basement. Oh, is this the guy? The guy who wrote the original story, like the book of the collector. Oh, like this is like 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 he's fucked up in the head. Wrote a story about it, and it got famous, and then it turned into this like whole movie franchise of this guy wow. who like murders and dark like. Wow, I had no idea this guy had so many mental issues. Well, I guess he made a good book. So yeah, good, good for you for taking your psychotic issues and turning it into a book instead. Yeah, I guess instead of actually doing it. Yeah. Um, well, between the two, it's definitely the lesser. Of the yeah, two lesser evils. of the evils, definitely. You might um, want to seek some mental health. Uh, a little bit. Uh, this I'm actually super excited for. So the original God of War director uh, next project will be a horror game. And I'm super stoked about that because I'm actually scrolling down. And not only did I know he did the uh, God of War series, I believe the first three, Mm because I think the fourth one is done by somebody else because it goes in a completely different... i got to really finish that game. Um, Technically, I should probably still start the game. Um, Anyways, but he also did uh, the game uh, Twisted Metal series as well. And I was like, ah, damn. So... mm, uh, but yeah, so I guess, yeah, he just tweeted just going, I'm designing writing something new these days. It's a single player horror game that is attempting something new within game story storytelling, and I'm in love with it. So, um, Also, apparently there's a God of War documentary coming out May 10th. Oh. Which will be available to watch for free on YouTube. Oh, very cool. I'll definitely check that out. Well, yeah. that's uh, this weekend. Oh, that's why. They got to compete. Because another game... Movie is coming out on Friday, oh. and we will hopefully be seeing it tomorrow or yeah. today. Is everything that? But uh, Detective Pikachu, Woo! and I just real, which is funny. I just said that, and boom, there's the fucking trailer right there, <laughs> popped up on the. It thing. heard you. 
Uh, probably. Um, speaking of going back to uh, movies that they are now back to diving into, uh, Child's Play. Uh, of course, we know we're getting a movie this uh, summer, but it looks like we are getting a TV series premiering in uh, 2020 now. Um, and it's going to be on the Sci-Fi Channel, but I just was looking at the article and reading, but uh, somebody is coming back featuring the voice of Brad Dourif. Oh. <laughs> so... It looks like um, it looks like he hasn't left the franchise. It looks like instead of giving him the reboot of the movie, I think he was like, "Okay, let's just patch the torch." Uh, Mark Hamill is taking up the uh, thing, and the movie's going in a different direction from the original movies, which I'm still curious to see. Um, but it looks like the new one or the new series will probably be like the original Chucky because it looks like it's taking place right after the uh, voice of Chucky. Yeah, so apparently... Or the cult of Chucky, the voice of Chucky. Uh, He's running for president next. <laughs> uh, the cult of Ch- uh, Chucky, which was uh, came to uh, Netflix. Apparently, uh, yes. Yeah, so I guess the original writer of Chucky is very much opposed to the new Chucky movie coming out. Mm. And so that's why he's doing the TV show, because apparently he wasn't done with, like, what he wanted to do. Which is kind of funny, because, like, I don't really know anybody who's seen Cult of Chucky, except for maybe one person at work. Like, it's it wasn't really, like, it's one of the franchises that it had, like, a decent run, and then people kind of dropped off of it after a while. I'll put it this way. So the first Child's Play, to me, like, it's not a, you know, great, super awesome movie, but for me, is probably the best one out of the series. It's a different idea. I did enjoy Um, that one, It came out in, like, you know, 90, 89, I think. And then, you know, then you had your sequel and all that kind of stuff. So what ended up happening, though, is what happens to a lot of horror figures where you do a really solid kind of creepy first movie and then your second one, you're kind of your bad guy comes a little slapsticky. So Chucky in those ones, he kind of had, you know, more of like, oh, I'm going to make jokes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then the third one comes and it's like, OK, he's going after a different child. But Andy Barkley is still there. And you're like, oh, shit, like he ends up at this military school or something like that. And he was supposed to be for Andy, but another kid opened it and reveals himself to the kid. So like since he's in a new body, now that's the kid's body. He has to take over kind of thing. So it's interesting because they put it in a completely different setting. Andy's older, but Andy, as soon as he sees the doll, he's like, you got to believe me. Like, what the fuck is this thing doing here? Like kind of thing. So it's kind of interesting. And then afterwards, Chucky kind of went away. Chucky was done. And then they decided to reboot the franchise with Bride of Chucky. And they introduced, again, kind of did like a new version of Frankenstein. Uh, you bring in his ex-girlfriend that it's like you've never heard about. So you're just yeah. like, but you're kind of like, all right, let's go with it. And you watch the movie. The movie's kind of actually more slapsticky again, funny. I mean, it has its scares and stuff of like that. But it's more like there's even a part in it where he's all like, what, you going to go ahead and shoot me? Do it. Shoot me. I come back. I always come back. And it's like, now it's like, okay, now you're just kind of playing off yourself. So then they do Seed of Chucky. And that kind of just killed the franchise at that point. Like Seed of Chucky was like, or not Seed of, uh, Bride of Chucky was like, hey, this is new. This is different. Give him a little partner. Let's see what happens. And then the second one, it was just kind of like, just kind of blew it. Like it was yeah. just like, okay, we're done. And then it kind of, it went off again. And then they did, um, they did uh, the one Chucky movie that came out. It was like a direct-to-video, but it was back to his normal look. And it dealt with like him revisiting his daughter. And you find out Chucky, you know, the, the serial killer had a daughter or something like that. Uh, and it's like it's – a it, it kind of was bringing it back to a different thing. And then they did the cult of Chucky. And then it's just like now it's back to like, okay, now they're like, okay, we got to reboot this franchise. We're going to go this way make it an AI, all this kind of stuff. And then they're like, well, I had more to say, so I'm going to do the rest of my stuff on a series. Yeah. So it's yeah, just kind of interesting where, yeah, like, I'll watch both. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, not to be a dick, but I'm kind of more excited for the Child's Play movie than I am for the TV show because, like, I don't know. I feel like it was a just a series of missteps with, like, the, the, like after the first, like, movie. No, it was. 
Like, it was just, like, this massive series of missteps, and it's like, he just can't leave the character alone. He's got, like, George Lucas sim- syndrome, it, where he just can't though. leave it alone. It's interesting, though. I'll put it this way. So, the first movie comes out. I don't think they planned on the movie doing as well as it did. Yeah. The movie came out in, like, I think, uh, like, the summer of that year or whatnot. And so, if they had stuck with that formula, it would have been great for the sequels. And- but, okay, yes, but we're not in the movie-making business, and I'm sorry, but I'll put it this way. If, uh, if Iron Man did super well... And you just go, we're done. You yeah. don't make a sequel? No, I know. But it's like they, oh, uh, they were able to build on. But what I was saying is, what I was trying to say was the fact that how that first movie ends. It ended where they're like, "We, I made my movie. Let's see how it does. I probably will make my money back, but it won't you know, be a box office hit. And I don't have to worry about it because we didn't set it up for a sequel. Like it ends and you're like, fuck, that's fucking traumatizing, you know, for a kid and everything like that. And then it's like the second one starts up and it's literally like when I was like, what, Child's Play 2? They're making it? Okay. When it starts up, they literally take the skull of the body they burnt of Chucky and they pull it out of the decomposed, like, you know, good guy doll and they rebuild a brand new doll over it. And you're like, why Why? would you? To me, I sat there going like, first of all, isn't that evidence? Yeah. Like they're in court. And then what I love is they made, they literally wrote the one mom out of it. She most likely was like not coming back, the mother. They wrote her out going like, like oh, she's in a mental institution now. And then uh, Andy has to go and uh, like stay with foster people. That's weird. Yeah, it's a very bizarre like second movie. So and yeah, then that's the, super the, See, the third one I like because the second one ends where Chucky dies in the toy factory. Mm-hmm. So he dies in the toy factory, and then when they pick up his body, like blood drips out of the doll and falls into the bat, and a new one gets made. But what I like about the third one, when it's even opening, they like, they're building the doll again, but it shows the doll with no eyes, and it's just like the face structure, and it literally just goes no, like he doesn't even want to come back. Like <laughs> Chucky's like fuck this shit already. Like I don't want to be a fucking doll. So it's like now he's like even more cursed. With the voodoo thing. So that's when I thought, like, with the third one, you're like, okay, you kind of, you're like, okay, the you second one bit, the second yeah. one did good, but it's also, like, this whole, like, fuck, we got to kind of do this again. And then they made, like, Chucky become really horrifying at one part because they did this part in the second movie where, like, his arm gets chopped off. He puts a knife on it. Like, he's rolling around the car. Like, this thing just won't die, like, kind of thing. And then how they end up, like, uh, like, and then in the third one, there's a part in it where he's, like, doing his, like, give me the power, I beg of you. And all of a sudden, like, this scythe thing comes by because they're at this amusement park. And his half of his face gets cut off. But he was back at the point of being so human that it's, like, it's, like, a small, like, it's, like, a face. It's, like, the face got lopped off. And you can see just, like, the muscle and the skin and the tendons and stuff. You're, like, oh, shit. So he's, like at the wire of like, oh, fuck, I got to get the fuck out of this body thing, you know? So it's just like, it's, it was just interesting, and then it was just done. Like, he, like, fell into, like, a fan, got totally destroyed, and the movie just kind of ends, and you're like, that's, like, okay. And if they had ended it there, it would have been great. <laughs> it would have been great, but the second, but that's the thing. They waited so many years later, then they do Bride of Chucky, and it was such a weird thing, and this is what I thought was actually a really cool thing they did in the Chucky movie. This is what I like about horror movies. Even though a lot of horror movies are not owned by the same franchise, they're able to do certain quote-unquote Easter eggs throughout, like, all the horror movies. So when this woman, she basically kills a cop, gets the keys to the evidence locker, and she goes to the evidence locker. In the evidence locker, you can see Freddy Krueger's either fedora or, like, his sweater. You can see Jason's mask. <laughs> so, like, all this. And you're like, oh, that's fucking kind of, like, that's awesome. And then she opens this locker, and it's all the remains of Chucky. Huh. So what she ends up doing is stitching him back together. That's why he has a scar in those movies and some of that. And then she does the voodoo ritual as well, and he's back, you know, kind of thing. So to me, it's like you took... You you took something that was looked like completely dead and you kind of put a different twist on it and then you resold it. And like that one did really good at the box office. It was like when they decided, oh, let's make the family even more. And they made him have a child. And you're like, why? why? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do with Child's Play. I mean, he's such a weird, iconic character and stuff like that. So but like I am looking forward to that new movie. I'm like, why not get and even if I watch the movie, I'm like, you know what? The, good for them. I like it's not for me, but it, this movie I believe isn't for me. This is for the next. This is for a new generation who has no idea what Chucky is, you know, kind of thing. I'm still interested to see the movie, though. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to see it. Like, no questions asked. I just don't know how well they're going to do because I feel like they're releasing it on the same weekend as Toy Story Four. Oh, yeah, that'll be. 
We'll see that what happens. That was a problem. I don't, I'm kind of curious if they did that on purpose. Actually, they kind of did because they have some marketing going with it where it shows like Chucky back at like his one leg, like walking across the poster, but then you just see like Woody. It's like, <laughs> like a, a it, it's Woody, but it's like different color and everything like that, but like holding a hat and stuff like that. And it's like child's play, you know, kind of thing. You're like, huh. So it's kind of like, I don't know if they did that like to, like as a goof. Well, I just or, don't know why you would do that then instead of just like moving the date unless like they had the date picked before. Toy Story 4 did and then they're like once Toy Story 4 announced it they're like well we'll just like make a joke of it so they who could knows? who knows but I mean it's funny because both of them are named Andy that is true but uh, yeah so I, oh wow I totally did not even play her intro music oh well oh for uh, your news or for yeah, horror news horror yeah. news um, but yeah we did watch um, we're gonna get into the movie aspect but I figure before we get into the movie aspect I mean this this is a longer running podcast but uh i did not know if you wanted to talk a little bit about uh the actual serial killer ted bundy or do you just want to dive right into this um let's go ahead and dive right into it because i didn't have a chance to look over the information that much um and i think i might have actually talked about ted bundy once before no i haven't you were going to but you never did it okay well i suck um That's why it's been in Short there for version, so long. Short version, Ted Bundy's a serial killer. The end. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, so if you haven't watched the scream, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile uh, on Netflix, we are going to be reviewing that uh, now. Um, so without further ado... Um, I will say I'll probably, yeah, I will say I will probably drop some like random little tidbits of information about Ted Bundy while we're talking about the movie that wasn't included in it, because from what I read, like he had a pretty fucked up past. Um, oh yeah. And we also, uh, not too long ago, we did watch a documentary that was on, on Netflix. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's probably still on Netflix and it's called the Ted Bundy tapes. Um, and it's about, basically it has a recording of this, uh, I can't remember if it's a news reporter or a psychologist, I think it's a reporter, that's having a discussion with Ted Bundy before he uh, was electrocuted um, on the electric chair, um, of just kind of like discussing like, just in general, like how his thought process worked and why he did what he did. And like, and also one thing that was kind of interesting is like he denied the murders for I think like 10 years and kept saying that he was innocent and that he didn't do anything wrong, et cetera, et cetera. And then right before he died, then he confessed to it because he was trying to get an extension on his, uh, sentence because it was like, I he got a extension of 24 hours and then he ended up like confessing to more murders to see if he could keep himself alive so they could get more information about where the bodies were and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he, uh, they denied his request to extend it. So he ended up dying, I think in February of 1989, I believe was whenever he passed or whenever they, uh, electrocuted him. Um, but yeah, he's, he's such a weird dude. Like he, and like, the thing that I, well, you know, I'll save that for the discussion of whenever we actually get into movies. So. Yeah, no, you're good. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So definitely check those out. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, watching the, uh, I, I don't know if you can watch them, if you should watch them in a certain order or whatnot, but I, we watched the Ted Bundy tapes first and then watching the movie and I was kind of like, oh, okay. So it is by the same director of yes. both those films, uh, both Netflix exclusives. But uh, without further ado, if you have not seen that movie, uh, then I would tune out now and see you guys next week. Um, but if you don't care and you don't care about spoilers or our review and everything like that, then join us because right now it is time for our movie review. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Here we go. I bid you welcome. I am Dracula. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they Thank you. 
All right. So if you are still listening, then... Everybody it, dies. It's on you. Yes. You can't uh, come at me, bruh. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we watched, what is it, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. I keep yes. getting the name wrong. Yeah, it's in my extremely head. wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Yeah, oh, it's I got really, it right. This yeah, time. you got it right. Um, it's a long fucking title. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, completely different movie than I expected it to be. But I still like the movie that it was. So, um, but yeah, let's go into what did you like about it? I feel like this is like more your style because you are like the serial killer, like, uh, extraordinaire. Um, but, uh, so that's necessarily a good title to have, but I'll take it. But, uh, okay. So what were your thoughts on the movie? So I enjoy like the documentaries about serial killers and stuff like that. I'm sure like some people kind of find it a little more boring. Um, I kind of like the fact that it didn't, it wasn't like a gruesome movie and it wasn't like so much focused on uh like what he did to the women so much as like how he re like it was more focused on like the psychological aspect of it and like what he uh like how manipulative he was and how charming he was and how like intriguing he was and like how like like even like they even I love the fact that they actually showed like some of the women like having a conversation with uh like talking to the the reporters and saying like, well, I don't know what it is about him, but I like I I don't think he could have done it. Yeah, I'm they're like, gonna... oh, there's no way somebody like this because you know when you back during that time period and just in general, serial killers every time they finally caught the person, they were not a good looking person. Yeah, they were like they, these creepy. They were really creepy people. looking people, and you're you sat there going like, oh yeah, I could totally see that. So, and he was so charismatic and so just well spoken, and just he was going to school for law. You know, he knew the ins and outs of stuff and just how to talk and how to speak to everybody. Because even when he was, you know, um, jumping a little ahead, but just at certain points when he gets pulled over by the cops, yeah. it's like he kind of has this like, fuck, fuck, fuck. But then he's like, all right. And he gets on. And he's just very he you he's can cl- you can he's clearly see what he looks like in the car. And then as soon as he gets out of that car, closes that door, he's just like. Evening officer, how can I help? Just very, just like, oh, fuck. Like, he just, he very very just flipped it, and it was like, oh, okay, he's kind of got it. So, yeah, of course, seeing this stuff, and especially these women, you know, watching him, it's like, yeah, it's, you're looking at this person going, how could he have done this? Which actually, now that I think about it, I think Ted Bundy was probably one of the key points in psychology in general, um, like pointing out the fact that. Don't trust handsome men, no. Yes. Oh, shit. Steve, get out. Um, well, I do have the full serial killer name, so. <laughs> Stephen Mooney. Um, but, yeah, so I thought it was kind of interesting where it kind of focused more on, like, how, like, women reacted to him. And then it also showed, like, he was very, like, I thought it was, like, it. the Ted Bundy situation actually brought to light the fact that not, number one, like you said, not all serial killers are creepy as hell looking And, like, he can literally be the neighbor next door. And then another important aspect is, like, a lot of serial killers are psychopaths. And psychopaths have no... They have no uh, conscience. And they Mm. have no, really, moral compass. The only only reason... The only set of morals that they have is to operate within the guidelines of what is acceptable in, like, at least in society. Mm -hmm. uh, To operate within what's acceptable in society so they can just keep doing their own thing. And they're extremely manipulative because they don't care what they say or do to get what they... They just want to get what they want. They exactly. are usually very controlling. They're very charming. They're very char- charismatic. They can talk you into doing... They can pretty much just talk you out of your clothing in about 10 minutes or less. Mm. Like, it's... They're ridiculously smooth. And, like, it's... And, again, like, that was a perfect example of, like, you, you see him, like, getting pissed off at himself in the car because he knows he fucked up. And now, like, he has to deal with an outside source of conflict that he's not in control of. And Mm. so now he has to try to get the cop under his control as soon as possible so then he can continue doing what he wants to do. do. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's very interesting. Uh, Zach Efron, I thought, did a great job. I really yes. actually enjoyed this because how they filmed it too was very documentary like. Mm-hmm. Like they had certain scenes where it went to that kind of like box cover. They actually used a lot of real clips, I believe, from the uh, actual news stories that were going on during that time period and stuff like that. So it was very seamlessly. And then at the end of the movie, they actually showed you a su- like the clips of like the actual courtroom trial. And what after you just watched and watched that, you're like, wow a lot of these people like nailed their characters they were supposed to play. Cause I was very surprised of the cast in this. It was like John Malkovich was in it. Um, oh shit. Uh, Haley Joel Osmond's in it. It's, yeah. it, it was like one of these like, okay, kind of like what's there's going a lot on. of big names in it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, what's, uh, uh, I guess dive into it. So do you think they portrayed this? Obviously like it's in a different, Different context than I thought the movie was going to be. I, I honestly thought they were going to show you, spoilers, obviously, if you're still listening to this, <laughs> but I actually thought they were going to show you the murders. I actually thought they were going to show you him actually, like, coursing a woman, and then, like, you get to see him, like, kind of flip and everything like that, but they yeah. really kept it very, like, they put him in this light, which I think this is why a lot of people did not like it. They put him in a light where you almost, they want you to kind of almost feel sorry for this person, but you're like, no, he's a fucking serial killer, like, kind of thing. But it, I, to me, I think it was just more showing you, like, how he was, like, this is how, how, he, he, how he charmed people. Yeah. How he, and that's the thing I thought they were doing with this movie. You're, you kind of sit there going, like, oh, fuck, this fucker just charmed me throughout this entire fucking movie. By the end of it, I'm like, why is he, why is he getting killed? And yeah. it's all like, he murdered over 30 women that, that they know, know of. of. And you're yeah. like, oh, this man's a monster. But, like, <laughs> I think they were just trying to show you, like, like how, like, that's how he operated. Like, he was always like, no, no, no. This is it's just a traffic violation and, and also yada. yeah and also if you that's a really good point and I feel like they were also trying to show you like the the atmosphere at the time of like and yeah because this was what the seventies yeah and so they're trying to yeah I believe so yeah uh, yeah he was caught in he he was murdering during the sixties and seventies he was caught in the seventies and he was killed in eighty nine um, so I think he was caught in seventy six I could be wrong on that though you might want to check me on that. Um, I don't know why that date stuck out of my mind. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was really interesting. I thought it was more along the, cause like they really, instead of like going like, this is a terrible person, but he also has this charming side. They were like, this is his charming side. This is what people saw. And this is what the public saw. And this is what the public had to go off of. Like they had like the pictures and the descriptions, but they didn't know like the full magnitude of it. Until, like, honestly, he confessed to it at the very end, right before he died. And people were like, okay, now, like, I mean, obviously there was the physical evidence, but, like, up until she died, his mom still maintained that he did not do it. So, and actually I found out that, like, he was really furious with his mom for the longest time because he was, a like, born out of wedlock. Mm. And his mom or his grandparents just raised him as their own son and her as like his older sister and didn't tell him or like he found out himself later on that he like his older sister, quote unquote, was actually his mother. Wow. So, and he was like really mad at her for the longest time. And like the, like, yeah, it was, it was nuts, but yeah. Like okay. His, that explains that part then. Yeah. In the, uh, in the movie where his mother comes in and, and he's, he's kind of mean to her and he's mean to her and then she leaves and then he's like, how dare you do this to me? Like kind of thing. Yeah. And, and some of that. And I was kind of like, okay, well fuck you. Cause I, I didn't even know that part of, of his story. But yeah, I, I mean, I understand like, uh, it, it's interesting. I think, uh, Zach Efron does a very, very fucking oh, good he job. Great. Uh, especially when you actually see the footage after watching the movie of the actual try and you're like, oh shit, he fucking nailed his character um i can understand where people because it does have a couple of like maybe bland parts or whatnot but i think a lot of people were probably looking forward to most of like are we going to see the them salacious i think they i think they wanted to actually see a few of the actual murders granted yeah. you do get one of them towards the pretty much end of the movie where he finally just says it where he's just or doesn't really say it but does the the hacksaw, hacksaw thing, which uh, now I'm very curious about that is, is that did that really happen or is that just something for the movie or whatnot with the hacksaw detail, I don't know if he actually told like his 
girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend, off and on girlfriend, whatever it is. But I do know that he confessed to the 30 murders like the day before or the yeah, day yeah. of his execution. So it's it's an interesting film. Like I think if you're interested, I would say this. If you watch the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix and you're like, I really enjoy this, you'll totally like dig this movie. Like it's definitely one of those. Uh, or if you're into serial killers. Um, I, and I mm-hmm. think the bad part is, is uh, there's probably not a lot of great serial killer films out there because I don't yeah. think a lot of people know how to do it. This one, I think, intrigued me a little bit more because, like I said, it, it was almost like a documentary, but not with, like, the over, like, and then Ted didn't come home that night. Yeah. And then and then it had just people, well, well, he was a charismatic man, and he would just use lies, and they didn't have, like, that stuff. So it was basically, like, they took out all that stuff but still had the quote-unquote reenactments but better quality shot kind of thing. Yeah. So it's just, it's just filmed very uniquely, very, very 70s. It really makes I, you feel like you're there. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And another thing, like, I'm sure, like, a lot of people didn't like it because it didn't have the salaciousness of, like, oh, here's him murdering somebody. But again, like, that's not really – I don't feel like – I think the whole point of this movie was, like, with the Ted Bundy tapes, it was to present the evidence, and then this is to show almost, like, Ted Bundy's side of, like, oh, I'm just an... Like, and, and, that, and that could have been... This could have been exactly what he thought. Like, he, in his mind, this movie would have been, like, this... Yeah, I oh, was... I'm sure he I was wasn't. completely aware of what he was doing. No, no, but I, I think that... But I, I meant, like, that, but yeah. they're showing you from, like, how he saw it. How he presented yeah, How he presented everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting pulled over because of stupid traffic violation, blah, 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 some of that, but it's all, like... But you didn't seem to. No one seemed to mention that you had a bunch of shit in the back of your car. Like, yeah, it, it, it's like one of those things where it's more like it's like trying to show him like, oh, this is my side of the story. But everyone's still looking at it, going like, you're fucking wrong. Like, yeah. you, you killed people. Like, um, but, but yeah. yeah, it's like it's essentially like, oh well, the whole thing of like. Oh, that's a perfect example. So way back in the day, I remember seeing the CSI episode where it's like this guy's wife was missing and they couldn't figure out where she was and then turns out like they at the end of the episode like they find her body like in the water heater and the guy they look over to the guy for a justification of it and he just goes she nagged me and that was like his entire explanation of why he killed his wife and you're just like okay so but it's like in his mind like it was a perfectly justifiable excuse like in Ted Bundy's mind like he had a perfectly justifiable excuse of like oh it's something I can't control oh I didn't actually do this oh they're just trying to pin something on me and it's like he knows that he did it but he has a justification in his mind and in his mind he's right and it's just kind of this really like fucked up version yeah, fucked of the up truth of the truth but uh but uh, before we give our review, our five out of five, I don't know what you want to pick this week or anything Hacksaws? that's said. Oh, you do hacksaws. <laughs> that works. Um, but we'll give you the reviews of three other places, such as Metacritic, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and IMDb. We'll start with IMDb. IMDb gave it a 6.7 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I think that might be actually one of the highest scores. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, gave it a 56%, but 59% of the audience liked it. And then we have Metacritic which was uh, 52%. So we're probably sitting at about, a, well, I would say, what, 55 to maybe 58% on yeah. uh, the whole movie aspect side of it. Something around there, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Which, again, is a bummer because I really enjoyed this movie. All right, well, so we'll go with you. What did you like about the movie? What you didn't like about the movie? And then your 5 out of 5 hacksaws. Um, I, actually, I was thinking either hacksaws or just, like, sharks. Sharks work too. Oh, the uh, yeah, yeah. Um, either one. Um, what I liked about the movie, I think I raved about it enough. But basically, just like the the fact that it wasn't a like exploit. It, a lot of times, it almost seems like an exploitation film to a certain degree, where it's like, oh yeah, this is all the awful stuff that he did. Look at what he did, and he's so terrible. And it's like, in this case, it was kind of fun to see a situation where you know the person is absolutely horrendous and like the judge said it's shockingly evil whatever wicked and vile like what he did was absolutely atrocious but you're seeing it from a different perspective and like a different like 
completely different filter of like, oh no, he's just an innocent bystander. Oh wait, I guess he did do this. And holy shit, he's a terrible person. Yeah. And so. it's just it was a really interesting like way to present it instead of doing it like from one perspective of like this person's evil. Oh wait, no, he's not. Yeah, yeah. And instead it's oh this person is a great person. Oh wait, no, he's this horrendous human being. Mm. Um I really didn't have many problems with the movie, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it dragged a little bit at times, but other than that, like, I feel like that was kind of necessary. So, um, I'd probably give it, like, four out of five. Okay. So, what about you? Uh, the movie is very interesting, very informative. I liked, uh, just being able to go back and forth between, like, I think that was just my favorite part of just, like, oh, wow, everyone nailed their characters kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um... It's an interesting movie. It's something I probably wouldn't sell to too many people. You really would have to be into actual serial killers to probably really enjoy this. Um, but I would say probably three out of five uh, hacksaws. I mean, it's not a terrible movie, but uh, let's be honest. I was looking for murders. I wanted Zach Efron. <laughs> I wanted to see a Zach Efron murder a fuck. So okay. So you wanted more blood and not necessarily, but I wish they would have shown me at least one or two of the kills, <laughs> like kind of thing, and just be like, okay, that's kind of fucking cool. Um, but no. Yeah. I'm kind of curious if they did that out of, because that was like how the, the script was designed or if they just didn't have the budget for it. Oh, shit. Huh? Oh, Ryan. Okay. So that, sorry, we're getting off topic <laughs> here. So the dancing Pikachu uh-huh. thing, it's based off of, uh, it looks like a Keenan and Kel sketch where they're doing like a, uh, like a fake ver- workout video thing. Mm-hmm. Or not Keenan and Kel, uh, Key and Peel. Key and Peel. So I just saw their faces. Before I thought it was just like some 80s thing, but like Pikachu is literally doing all the same dance moves as them and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. It's like <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is the best troll. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. So um, it's on Netflix. So if you want to check it out, check it out. It is like about two hours, I think. For um, my fellow uh, serial killer fans, I would highly recommend it. No, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't take my... No, that's why I said for the serial killer. If you're not a like a huge into or like weirdly into serial killers, you probably won't be that interested. Um, but I enjoyed it immensely. So, <laughs> but I think that's going to wrap up this episode of Not Another Be Horrorcast. I want to thank you all for listening. Go ahead and check us out. You know where to find us. And until next time, Carpe Noctum. <laughs> This has been another fine production of the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, check out www.4iradio.com. I just wanted to see Zach Efron just murder a bitch.